Welcome to the Marshall Pro Podcast and your week in sports cars look at what do we look at, Graham? What do we look at each week with our I think shows sports cars. Here? I think sports cars is a good starting point. I was growing suspicious that that might have been the fact, but I'm glad you've now confirmed it. Ferreted that story out perfectly. Uh, I'm Marshall Pruitt. That's Graham Goodwin. Uh, We love sporty cars, talk about sporty cars, photograph sporty cars, film sporty cars, write about them, speak about them into microphones and cameras. So that's what we do. We do this on a weekly basis. When did we start the show, Graham? 2018, MP. last end of january beginning of february right after the rolex 24 at daytona with great fanfare um hey we do two forms of this show two styles one is the listener q a where we put out the call for questions and our pal daniel summersgill goes and retrieves them like little sports car related easter eggs he goes on a hunt gathers them keeps the ones that he really likes steps on the ones that he doesn't. And then we do the show all informed by your questions and curiosities. And then we do today's version of the show, which is Graham and I flapping our gums, talking about things just between ourselves. No uh, real cue to the part, just a lot of A's. Uh, So why don't we say a big quick thank you to Cooper tires, the justice brothers and Toronto motorsports.com. Mr. Goodwin. And get rolling here and do about a half hour of talking about yeah. what's going on in the world of sporty cars. Should we tell folks that for the first time in, I oh. actually don't remember how long the last is time. Th- is it three years? Three years, maybe, since you and I had done seeing each other. Be. What? I think that's absolutely right. Um, I, I, but there's two things that occur. One is I don't remember the last time we met. And my guess is that would have been the Rolex. So it's the last time we went to the Rolex. 2019 was my last time there. My, well, that's uh, the last time we. That's the last time we got uh, eyes on, mate. And uh, looking forward to it. Well, looking forward to uh, seeing you uh, for the first time in a while. There's been a lot going on, hasn't there? The other thing that occurs to me, by the way, uh, and it's just because you mentioned 2018. This podcast, the Weekend Sportscast, not the Marshall Pruitt podcast, which goes further back, of course, will have its fifth anniversary at the Rolex 24. What? Isn't that ridiculous? Oh, that makes me feel old. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to do some sort of something or other to celebrate it. I guess maybe so we if should. You can think if you can think of anything five themed. Uh, put in the hashtag twisk uh, answer to at Marshall Pro at yes. and we will be sure to not make that happen. How <laughs> many? How many levels do you think we could go in this quest oh, well, for think, five grand? Well, level one. Level one. Level, level two. two Level There's three, I'm not three, sure. Three, four, and six. Is there a <laughs> is there a level in in between four and six? We might consider uh, doing a themed show. Oh, I don't, we could get a, we could get ourselves arrested and try and do this from the pokey. Um, yep. and let's not get into why they call prison the pokey. Uh, Mr. Goodwin, uh, yes, what indeed. should we start with in terms of topics? I know that you have a couple that you are just pining to crack well, open. This, this- there is a lot uh, going on. I'm going to start um, with something close to my heart, of course, and that's the Asian Le Mans series. Huge congratulations, by the way, to all those behind uh, the Asian Le Mans series this season. Uh, announced today, we're recording this on Friday evening, uh, for, for me here in the UK, uh, a record 48-car entry uh, for the Asian Le Mans series. That, that busts the record uh, wide open. And by the way, 
within that total, it is a record season total for the current uh, spec of LMP2 cars. It's a record total for LMP3 cars, and it's a record total for GTs as well. New teams, uh, all sorts of goodness there. Can't wait to get moving with that. And I think you can guess by that that we already know who's going to be um, talking into microphones for that one. So no major surprises. Uh, some good news, I hope, coming for everybody that's been following us with the HLMR series adventures in the UAE. Uh, no major changes there to announce. Uh, so delighted that uh, I and some good friends will be uh, around and describing that action to everybody. So keep an eye on that. That, I think, we put that one aside because there's plenty of time to talk about that, that happening in February. Most of the news, though, MP, has been around um, confirming entries for the season to come. Uh, particularly, we've seen uh, some IMSA entries and some driver news coming forward. Uh, we saw today the confirmation of another GTD entry. That's the uh, Wright Motorsport Vault Racing car. Uh, in GTD with another of these new and fabulous Porsche 911 GT3 Rs. I think you've got one literally up your sleeve. I'm so glad you said sleeve. You scared <laughs> me for a very brief moment there. Yes, word on the street, Graham Goodwin. Not officially mm -hmm. confirmed, but I would say I am expecting formal confirmation here sometime soon. Andretti Autosport adding to their forms and ways of being involved in IMSA's WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. We know and have seen for a good little while now. Very happy, obviously. Jarrett Andretti, son of the late and beloved John Andretti, competing within the LMP3 category. Understand that there will be a, uh, a British thumper added to their roster of vehicles to use next season i've heard that they may have acquired an aston martin gt3 specification wow. vehicle one that would then be eligible to compete in gt daytona and still waiting to hear exactly what it's meant to be but i think what we might have is that lmp3 car being used for the endurance races I think that Aston GT3 might be something that gets wheeled out for the standard length races, possibly in a uh, very specific uh, Sprint Cup uh, participation, pursuing the Sprint Cup using that GT3 car there, again, in all of the non-Enduro GTD events. So, yeah, uh, heard about that. Really happy to hear that that is what is happening from a vehicular variety standpoint, I love the fact that they've chosen Aston Martin. Obviously, mm -hmm. not a bad choice. <laughs> Just won uh, won the title here this last season with the good folks at the Heart of Racing. So, great choice in vehicle. Just glad to see that there's some more uh, Aston Martinery coming. And I love the commitment there, right? Could keep yeah, doing LMP3 forever. Uh, but I like the idea of... A proper GT car elbows out a little bit more, uh, leave a little bit more paint on corner exit, uh, on street courses and such. I love where this is headed. Obviously, Jarrett's father, massive, massive history in GTP cars, also GT as well. 
Uh, so yeah, love this kind of family lineage aspect of what we expect to have confirmed sometime here soon um, from Andretti Auto Sport, but would also say that since the Aston is not meant for Daytona and Sebring, um, don't know how soon they would confirm that, but okay. yeah, do look forward to it. Well, MP, in that run-through there with the Andretti story, you mentioned another notable IMSA team, and that would be the Heart of Racing. And in a piece I'm putting the final touches to at the moment for Delhi Sports Car, it'll be the third and final part of a run-through what I expect to see as the grid for the 2023 FI World Insurance Championship. And this one will deal with GTE AM. And I, whether or not we find out that this is true or not officially, my understanding from more than one uh, good source is that the heart of racing may well have actually put an application in for a GTE AM entry for the full FIWEC in this final year of the GTE formula. Now, should say immediately, it's not a, a team source that's that's come my way with this, on at least not that team. Um, and there's no confirmation that they definitely will be successful in that. We know they're going to be pretty squeezed on entry numbers this year. GTE um, is going to be very popular. We know there's a big uptick in the number of cars coming in the hypercar class. But I think it's it's a good sign that we're we're seeing you know, a number of teams coming forward and looking to get involved in this final year of what's been a fantastic class, MP. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think what else uh, we might discuss here. Um, did the um, Isetta Franchitti, is that something uh, we should oh, yeah. discuss? Didn't, I think you might have mentioned before we started recording there was something about the, uh, d- d- uh, the Scottish brothers. Or something like that. <laughs> if only that was them, the ice cream Frankitti. Uh, no, it's not them. Uh, it's uh, the Asotta Fraschini. Now, this is the Michelotto built LMH hypercar that's uh, in real form as a real car has yet to break cover. We've seen renderings of it, I've seen other pictures of a variety of uh, uh, aspects of this car. But what just popped up on social media quite late one evening. Uh, answered two questions. The first question is, what is the car going to be called? And it is going to be called the Isotto Fraschini Tipo 6, whatever 6 is in Italian, LMH-C. That's what it is. The other thing it revealed with an exploded view of the car was some key aspects of the design, in particular the key technical partners for the car. And it looks to me with... Uh, so Pankler mentioned... Uh, Multima- Multimatica mentioned, uh, Williams are mentioned, uh, Extract are mentioned, Pankel, Brembo. And with one thing missing, but looking at the, the picture we've got, looks to me, MP, is, is it's distinctly possible that this LMH car is using the spec LMH hybrid system. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, you know, it's been designed to be a very capable system and it's obviously, um, you know, helping the efforts of multiple manufacturers. But it's an interesting solution. Let's put it this way. If it's not that, it does seem a remarkable similarity that we've got uh, Extract uh, and Williams and what looks remarkably like a Bosch unit in the picture uh, involved in the same design of car. So still, as as things stand, no confirmation of a funded race program, the 
public declaration from the team says that they will um, uh, they will look to start the EWC from Spa. To do so, they will have to put in an entry. That means they're going to have to front up quite a lot of money. Uh, and I'm still waiting to, to, to hear uh, any details at all of just exactly what that race program might be. It is exciting a few people. I've had a number of calls, people asking me to put in touch with that program. And if you're listening, Michelotto or Risotto Fraschini, if you send me a number, I'll happily put these people in touch uh, because the level of communication um, uh, response uh, from the team has been not exceptional to this point. While we're talking about that program, we should also mention the uh, parentheses Van Wall program has mm. been doing testing at all sorts of um, circuits around Europe over the last uh, months. It's at the moment, well, it wasn't until today at Barcelona. It's moving on to, I believe, Aragon. Uh, notably, um, uh, were visited and uh, turned a few laps by one Jacques Villeneuve in that car. Now, whether or not that's because Jacques is intrigued, whether or not that is because Jacques is interested, whether or not that's because having Jacques Villeneuve in the car will get some headlines and attract the attention of a WEC and FIA that is not as yet publicly committed to allowing that car to enter, we can but speculate. Um, but uh, the car is still out there and punching uh, in testing. We've got three things still left to prove, haven't we? One is that they've got a viable race program. Two is that they have got the correct uh, ownership or approval for the trademark, the mark that they're using. That is either Van Wall or Van der Vel or both. And three, that the FIA are content that they truly are a manufacturer, which is a key part of the WEC's regulations. So no, um, uh, no confirmation as yet that that's actually happening. Um, we wait and see what happens in the lead up to the entry list opening and indeed closing and indeed being announced. But I think if the answer is it's going to be more immediately in the negative, you can be sure we're going to hear from Dr. Collis about that one. What else should we delve into other than massive excitement? We get to see each other here in Daytona and oh, yeah. we get to look oh. at racy cars. Well, we could talk about something that is going to happen at Daytona, but it's not going to happen this week. We'll talk in a moment about exactly what is happening this week, and that is the announcement, um, a slightly disjointed announcement, if you if you like, about a change in what we've seen over the last couple of years for the Rolex 24 MP. Indeed. The thing that I love, my favorite adjustment of all time, qualifying <laughs> during the roar. Yeah. The... <laughs> The time-honored tradition for the last two years, I think. Um, hey, so we're going to have that 100-minute race to determine the starting order. No, thankfully we're not. We're going back to the traditional class-by-class -class normal qualifying procedures. Yes, we are. And it's leading up a day or two before the race itself, right? No, it's not. It's still part of the roar. So, yeah, uh, we've gotten rid of the air quote race. The goal was to get more people to look in, more people to tune in, more people to watch, to listen, to just create more interest for the upcoming Rolex 24 by adding some form of 
competitive element to the roar, which it previously lacked. And good on IMSA, right? There's there's nothing negative to say about high. We want to build more buzz, get more eyeballs on things, and raise everything about what we're doing. So let's try something different. Can't fault them at all for trying it. Without saying it, I think we could assume, Graham, they've looked at the numbers, mm-hmm. come to a conclusion that it did not serve as it expected. And so they said, well, hey, we'll just go back to doing it the way we've done before, albeit still jamming it, jamming it into the roar. So that's the part I still, it still just feels a little weird or off to me. But um, nonetheless, at least we've got rid of the qualifying race thing, which I'm struggling to think of very many folks who were just really fired up about that. What were yeah. your thoughts about it? Uh, I, I, I like you, um, perfectly happy for race organizers, sanctioning bodies, call them what you will to try something different. And I think genuinely, I think it shows maturity if they come to a conclusion that instead of kind of hiding behind, you know, the decision is coming to the conclusion, well, that didn't work. They didn't do what we wanted it to do. I mean, there's a, there's a parallel here with the, leap into the unknown that the ACO made at Le Mans with the hyperpole concept, which was pretty royally bashed by most, I think probably including me back in the day um, before it happened. But the reality is it has actually worked pretty well. It does add something of punch in the middle of a week. And in the same way that we are seeing um, uh, race organizers look at different ways of managing things like cautions and trying to deal with other particular problems, whether or not they're sporting problems, political problems, whatever it is, I've no problem with anybody giving that a whirl as long as if it's not working, they do say, well, we tried and we're going to move on and do something different. And the second thing is as long as they communicate these things effectively. And in this instance, they have. It's come out a long time before we get to the raw test. Um, It's not kind of dribbling out um, in, you know, a set of regulations that are issued um, perhaps after people have finalised key aspects of their, let's face it, very expensive uh, programmes. I think that, for me, bravery and decision-making is one thing. Effectiveness in communicating that is another. In this case, I think they've nailed it. I think they've done the right thing. Um, and I think they've done it early enough that there could be few people to complain about it. But there are other aspects of the way in which changes are put in place and communicated. And this, by the way, is not directed at simply in one, uh, in one direction. It's directed everywhere. You do need to think about the impact of the timing and the effectiveness of communicating change is going to have on those whose job it is to find the multi-million dollar, euro, pound investments that keep this sport rolling and in particular coming out of covid and coming into a period where we can make a lot of assumptions that you know it's all fine we've got a lot of um manufacturer programs never forget who was there when they weren't and let's make sure we look after them as well because it's those guys and girls that are getting the smaller millions of dollars amounts that have been making up the bulk of the grids for many years, and they will again in the future. That, that's all I've got to say about that one, really, mate. All righty. What else should we cover off here in the final minutes? 
So three quick ones. One is to just welcome two you, or one you, and one returning Cadillac driver. Um, so this is the what we believe completes the lineups for Cadillac for the Rolex 24 Hours, and one on mate of yours, and someone that I've been keeping a weather eye on in some of these racing. Scott Dixon is going to be back as part of the Ganassi setup, and I think it's fair to say. A surprise. It's not who we expected to be in the Action Express car, but pleasant, for those that have <laughs> very pleasant surprise, a very pleasant surprise. But um, but anybody that's been keeping an eye on this young man, uh, there can be no real argument that he really does deserve it. Jack Aitken will be making a hypercar debut at the Rolex Twenty Four Hours at Daytona, and I think that's really, really, really good news. He's a new name, MP. In our penultimate story for the for the week, we're going to talk about an old name, but the actual name is not involved in the project. That's a bit of a cryptic clue. Uh, that uh, breaks through our uh, French friends at Endurance Info today uh, that we should be hearing in a couple of days' time more details on a prospective hypercar effort in 2024 under the Pescarolo Sport banner. Now... Henri is not going to be involved in that. Uh, I think the the rights to the Pescarolo uh, sporting name have moved on somewhat. For the mo- for the time being, it has been pretty much an esports brand. But uh, sources around the team are flagging up that uh, the early part of uh, next week or the late part of the weekend, we should have more details on what it is that they intend to bring to the track in 2024 in the top class of hypercar. Which leaves us, before I wrap up, with just one more story, and it's one that's uh, just occurred to me as I've just reopened my laptop, and that is the fate of one of the longest-standing high-profile motorsports championships on the calendar. And that, my friend, is DTM. And DTM, after two years of uh, the GT3 era, it would appear that uh, Gerhard Berger, for it is he, that's been running DTM uh, under his uh, company ITR, um, who were the organising body for DTM. Uh, he was a be- basically gifted a dowry from the outgoing manufacturer entrance uh, just over two years ago, and it would appear that the plan hasn't worked. That that dowry has either been extinguished, or rather uh, exhausted, rather. Or indeed, um, he's not prepared to spend any more of it. ITR is wrapping up, is closing its doors. DTM um, will be a brand taken on in some form or other, yet to be finally determined by ADAC, the GT Masters uh, operation, uh, which for much of the last two years have been, I'd go along the lines of saying pretty much sworn enemies here. There was not a lot of love lost between those two packages. And after two years of parking their GT3 tanks on the lawn of ADAC, I'm afraid uh, the Panzerfaust has, um, has uh, spoken and DTM's uh, current organising body is gone. Uh, ADAC will take that brand on and we wait to see what happens. Good luck to everybody involved there. It's very, very late to make a change like that. There are no calendars at the moment for those German championships. And I hope that some smart people can make some smart decisions pretty smartly. Um, That's all I got. Uh, I'm just going to be shoving various bits and pieces into various bits of uh, pieces of luggage before 
um, I head for the hills very soon indeed uh, to head your way, MP. Doing a lot of electronics charging at the moment right now, so I'll uh, start the, uh, the packing tomorrow and head out the door at 6.15 a.m. Sunday. The only uh-huh. other thing to circle back on before yeah. handing you to close was just coming back to the Cadillac final driver announcements for the Rolex 24. The surprise was Scott Dixon's nomination for, uh, or at Ganassi thought was that Ryan Hunter Ray would be involved and would be that person had been hearing on background that it's really just truly up to Scott as to whether he wanted to continue doing uh, the endurance events and whatnot with his uh, longstanding team there at Ganassi, or if he wanted to just simplify things and focus on IndyCar primarily as he uh, endeavors to become a seven-time champion uh, next season. And so not as if there was an official odds offering of, boy, heavily tip in one direction or the other, but I know for sure there was a, a bit of a, a thought that, might just be Hunter Ray stepping in and doing that. So with Dixon indeed deciding to do the Enduros, uh, this I know for sure has left Hunter Ray out and not sure if we're going to see him in anything for the Rolex 24. Also not entirely sure since he was signed by Ganassi to fill in for Dixon. This happened, uh, what last March when there was that conflict IndyCar dropping their Texas oval date right on top of the 12 hours of Sebring, which nobody appreciated, uh, unable to go back and forth. They brought Hunter Ray in, Hunter Ray deputized in the Cadillac, and they kept him, signed him on as a reserve driver for the rest of the year across the organization. It wasn't specific to IMSA or IndyCar, just we need you, you're there. And so the thought was, well, this will continue. Uh, he will be doing the Enduros something along those lines in Cadillacs did not happen. And so I do wonder if there will be any reason for good old Captain America, not too long ago, winner of the mobile one, 12 hours of Sebring, if he will indeed crop up in someone else's GTP car, if not at Daytona, maybe some other point in time during the year. And mm-hmm. if he will indeed be looking for work elsewhere in IndyCar as he tries to come back there. So, Hunter Ray was just really the one big question mark that came out of the announcement from Cadillac on uh, Jack and Scott. So cover that yeah. bit off there, brother, and hand it back so, to you. Suddenly it occurs to me before I say goodnight uh, on, on both our behalves. Have we actually told people why we're meeting? Well, we told our wives. We uh, did, and so they didn't believe it. Tell did them. They? Yes. Uh, ah. So... It's a two-day test at uh, the Daytona International Speedway, and a very significant one of that. And what are we going to see, Marshall Pruitt? I am told we are going to see all nine GTP entries that will be participating in the Rolex 24. I am told we will see between one and two LMP dues. Mm-hmm. And I believe all of the new model slash evo upgraded gt3 models the entire exercise here all mandatory as dictated by imsa is for all the cars uh, primarily gtp but others as well that are brand new that need to be benchmarked uh, in testing 
or the series to then use that information to set what is our favorite three-letter acronym? Um, balance, uh, balance of boppery. Yes. Bibbity boppity boo. Yes. So knowing that the roar is indeed the final test leading into the race, but there's also, as we mentioned, there's qualifying there. There's real, real things that will be getting done there would make no sense to for the first time have all the new vehicles true uh, an entire class of a new concept uh being tracked and benchmarked there while teams are trying to learn more about the vehicles. so this test we're going to is a big imsa we're going to learn a heck of a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and so that's what is going on that's why we're going to be there i'm going there early because feel like i'm i don't know if i've mentioned this or not uh on a previous mm-hmm. episode but uh, i'm not going to be doing a ton of covering the test itself that's not the primary reason i'm going uh primary reason is to capture a ton of content that i will then roll out after what, the you're test. working yes you're working yes leading into the plan. roar and rolex uh so yeah uh, honestly i've spent probably 12 hours so far on a plan devising a plan refining it um writing it out and uh yeah i actually once we're done here need to send emails to a lot of folks to say okay these are the things that i told you i wanted to do and here's what they is so um there you go i might write a few words maybe in between other things i plan to do maybe i mean i don't think anybody's really interested just it's just new cars i am Expecting to see you in just shorts alone, stretched out on top of the pit lane wall, sunning yourself. I think think that's that's why you're going. If 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 you want to know what that looks like, imagine a chicken McNugget with all the breadcrumbs taken off it, and that's (laughs) roughly it. Got a large chicken McNugget. Uh, you know there you go Le- leaving me with that fine I knew uh, we were image. hit the bottom so uh absolutely take us home i will indeed uh we're going to say thank you thank you to everybody for listening of course uh we enjoy your company we love the facts uh you enjoy what we do with this we're going to say thank you as always to cooper tires to the justice brothers and to torontomotorsports.com thanks to you as well mp marshall Pruitt across in california ia uh, for again making the time to uh, to talk to me on the week in sports cars. I've been Graham Goodwin here in the UK for at least a few more hours before I head stateside. This has been part of the Marshall Pruitt podcast, and we will speak to you probably from Daytona next week. <laughs>